So the first time that I visited the Hollis Gardens here in Lakeland was definitely interesting, and that's to say the least. So I remember I was with my mom, and we were taking this nice walk together, and we were admiring all the plants, and I remember we were pointing them out and identifying different ones that we saw, and then we were stopped by a stranger. So naturally, he wanted to be friendly and make conversation, and of course, what do you do? You're friendly and you make conversation back. So when you're meeting someone for the first time and you're making natural conversation, what is a question that naturally comes up? Where do you work? Right? Where do you work? And so, of course, I'm honest. And at this time, my answer was, well, I work at Hyde Park United Methodist in Tampa. Ooh, he saw that as an invitation and off to the races this gentleman went. So we went from these pleasantries of just making friendly conversation in Hollis Gardens to a full-on debate about the existence of God there among the flowers. So I was young, but I was in seminary and still trying to keep this positive and cordial tone. I tried to engage in the debate for a little while. Again, I meant the man no ill will. I wasn't trying to change his mind or winning a debate here. I was just trying to be friendly and have a nice day in the park. Just be honest about who I was, where I worked, and my faith when he asked. Until there was a point to where I noticed, while I had that tone, this gentleman didn't have that same tone. This was a debate, and he wanted to win it. So, of course, at that point, my mom and I tried to say, okay, well, this has been a lovely conversation. It was nice to meet you. Have a nice day and walk along our way. And what does this gentleman do? He literally follows us (laughs) and starts to continue the debate until the point to where we literally had to leave the gardens to end the conversation. So, again, I didn't wish this guy any ill will. I wasn't necessarily looking to be desperate to change his mind. I was just trying to be honest and open about my faith when he asked. And yet, it ended up being an uncomfortable and fearful conversation. Now, I don't know if you have a situation like that, but I think the fear of getting into a situation like that is why we are fearful about talking to others about our faith. So this week we're wrapping up our sermon series called The Stuff That Gets in the Way of Our Faith, of sharing our story and sharing our story about our experience with our faith. And so I do think that big thing that gets in the way for us is fear. Again, whether or not we've experienced it personally, we're afraid of getting into a situation like I was, where a friendly conversation might instead turn into this intense debate that we don't want to be in or we may not feel equipped to be in. Or maybe one that I think is more likely is that we're afraid of being painted out as those types of Christians, those types of Christians The ones that tend to be pushy, that we think always are trying to win the debate about faith. The one that is kind of trying to be the successful salesperson for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's not the place and the person that we want to be. And so while all of these 
fears are real and they are valid on one hand. On the other hand, the command that Jesus gives us to share our story, to do this thing that in the church we call evangelism, that is real too. So when we hold both of these things together, the question becomes, well, how do we do it? How do we do it, share our story in a way that isn't pushy, that doesn't come off as we're just trying to aggressively sell Jesus, that isn't us trying to win a debate, but it's just us sharing our authentic selves and sharing our stories. So I think what can help us is going back to where we ground this in scripture anyway, going back to the Great Commission, which we just sung about during the offertory. So these words come from Jesus. They're some of the final words in multiple of our gospel stories. And so what I'll be reading this morning is out of the gospel of Matthew. It's the very last part of the gospel of Matthew as Jesus is giving these final commandment to his disciples before he ascends into heaven. So um, Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16 out of the CEB version this morning. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. So when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So Jesus came near and spoke to them, I've received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. So when we talk about what it means to share our faith, we refer back to this passage a lot, to these words, to these commands from Jesus. But I think when we dive into this deeper, it can bring us some nuggets of wisdom that can be very helpful for us and can help us get past this fear and anxiety about the things we don't want to do or the things we don't want to be and find how we can do this in a way that's more authentic to ourselves and a more authentic way to share our story with others. So I kind of saw through this three things that I noticed that could be really helpful for us. So that's kind of how I organize this next part of the sermon. So the first thing that really struck me that I loved about this passage was that the disciples doubted too. I don't know if you caught that in the reading of the text, but that just jumped out at me this week. Verse 17 says very clearly, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. That blew my mind. I think a lot of times we get this idea that the disciples were the impenetrable superheroes of the faith. They traveled around with Jesus. They saw all the miracles. They were had a front row seat to everything. And yet we forget that they weren't perfect. Here we see very clearly Matthew made a point to tell us that despite them seeing literally everything, some of them doubted. And so I think that's important for us to be an encouragement to us when we talk about everything in our discipleship. But this morning, this idea of sharing our stories with others. 
we see this command that Jesus gives about teaching everything you've commanded, sharing this story with others. It's for everyone. It's not just for the perfect Christians who have it all together. It's for the doubters and the skeptics too. God made room and is always making room for the doubters and the skeptics. What a comforting thought. And this is reminded that our story, the stories of the doubters and the skeptics, they are worth sharing too. So second, when we think about the context of this, Jesus says, teach them, meaning the people that you're sharing your faith with, all that I have commanded you. And let's think about the way, how did Jesus teach? Well, Yeah, sometimes Jesus lectured. We can think about the Beatitudes and other times that he talked about the law. But often, Jesus liked to use stories. Jesus loved to use parables, or Jesus also liked to just teach by doing, doing a miracle. Often liked to do things where he tied miracles with stories. Beautiful things. And so I think all of this reminds us that all of this is not about winning a debate or selling a product. It's about telling a story. Sharing how our faith has impacted our own lives, why we believe what we believe, maybe why our community of faith means so much to us, and what a difference we can make in the world when we are together. And so third, and finally... This nice, comforting thought for all of us. Jesus makes it clear in this passage that he will be with us to the very end. This all can be scary. And that's on top of the fact that life itself is hard. Point blank. But we are reminded that we don't go through any of this alone. I believe that Jesus ended this, his final words before ascending that way for a reason. This is not a tough hill for us to conquer and climb all on our own. We remember through all of this, God is with us. And so those times that we saw how God was with us, those times that we are in where we see how God is with us presently, those are stories worth telling. Those times when we see God show up in the form of someone who was there for us, to care for us, to support us, to pray for us, to make sure we weren't alone. Well, that is a story worth telling. Those times when we see how we as a church are able to mobilize and respond to a problem, be there for others like we are mobilizing and responding to Hurricane Adalia, how we mobilize and responded to Hurricane Ian, those are stories worth telling. Jesus assured us that he would be with us all the way to the end of the age. Jesus commanded us that we have stories worth sharing. And that we should feel empowered to do so. And so I think that's our entry point. I think that's our entry point in how we share our faith in a way that feels honest, that feels authentic, that feels faithful, that feels meaningful. I think your story is worth sharing even if you don't think it's worth the New York Times bestseller list. Even if you don't have your theology all figured out, 
sharing how you find meaning and joy here in this worshiping community, well, that is something worth doing, even if you don't have all the theological jargon all straightened out. Even if you still wrestle with uncertainty and doubt, just like our friends, the disciples. The ways our faith inspire us to care for and to serve others. The way our faith moves us into action, whether individually or as a church, is worth sharing. Our world is filled with with that tone and with that place where we're hearing so much about what people are against. In fact, there's a lot of times where that church stand, where the church stands in the place where we hear so much about what the church or what Christians are against. But if we can step into that place and instead say, well, here's what we are for. Here's what this place represents and here are the people that we are for. Here's what God has been able to do with our lives in this community of love and acceptance and forgiveness and the good that we are able to do in this community and communities beyond our own. Well, that is a story worth sharing. It's one the world needs to hear. So each week in this series, we've been sort of wrapping up with a different spiritual practice. And so this week, we're going to do things a little differently. We are kind of wrapping up with a practice of sorts, but I'm actually going to invite up a guest speaker this week. So Jessica Lawson, you can go ahead and make your um, way on up, is a friend of mine. I've known her for many years. I actually met her in a, a small group here back in 2016. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, At Jeremy Hearn's house. Fun facts. Um, So anyway, friends, so I have noticed that she is particularly great at sharing her faith, why she believes what she believes on Facebook in a way that is not pushy, that is encouraging, that is uplifting. And if you know, social media can be a toxic place of lots of negativity. And she's not doing that. It's beautiful. So I invited her to give an opportunity to share sort of what her process is, what her thoughts are, so that way we can hear from another perspective sort of on this topic and her thoughts. So let me get you all set up here. Thank you for being with us today. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for the opportunity. I took some notes so I wouldn't uh, ramble as I sometimes do. Um, so as Nikki mentioned, um, one of my first things that I like to do is just stay engrossed in different studies. So getting involved, like she mentioned, in the small group back when we were considered young adults. <laughs> Um, and then I'm also part of like the women's book club here, search your Sunday school. I help out with the kids ministries too. I find that when you're involved in a lot of different things, the Lord has a magical way of taking those thousands upon thousands of scriptures and sometimes plopping the same ones in front of you multiple times. And that's when I'm like, oh, I should be paying attention like that. This is something that I need to really look into. So just staying engrossed in lots of different, um, scriptures. I love, um, Proverbs 31 ministries because they do kind of, they have, you know, a biblical base, but they tell their real life stories and you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be there walking through life with the Lord, which I love that. So anything that speaks to me is what I tend to share. Um, The recent one that I saw that was like, don't look for a perfect church, go worship a perfect God with flawed people, which is exactly what I feel like we do. And that's what we're called to do. And I think that's one of the reasons that people respond so well when I do post is because I don't come, I try not to ever come from like a holier than thou perspective, um, much more of like keeping it humble, leading with love and grace, because I feel like those are the two biggest um, things that we're asked to do. Um, let's 
see, don't, I have don't shove it down their throats. Don't be too aggressive with it. Um, you know, I know that there are lots of people who think that if I can just convert that one person, you know, I've, I've sat in Bible studies where they're like, oh, if only he believed, like, I want him to believe, you know, I just want, I want him to know the Lord. And absolutely, we can want everyone to know the Lord like we do. But we may not see that fruit come, you know, the, I read something this week that said that the fruit is the last piece of the tree to come out. And so we may not be there when that person does come to the Lord, but we can continue to plant the seeds or water it or even back all the way up and, like, just fertilize the soil that it will eventually have the seed planted. Um, so it's not a numbers game of, like, who can I bring to Christ? Um, and then let's see, just remembering that comparison is always a trap. So sort of like on that same token that, you know, if you're seeing someone who like, gosh, they have their life so together, or they're such a strong Christian, or, you know, I don't think that they would accept me because my life is not like that. Just try not to do that. There's two um, evils that come from comparison, and that's you either think you're better than someone because you see them struggling through something that you're like, wow, that's a mess, or you think you're below someone, which puts you, you know, that takes away the grace that God has given you. So those would be my tips is just really stay engrossed in things, subscribe to newsletters, um, find accounts that you can follow that are positive, and just share as something touches your heart. A lot of times when I'll post something, someone's like, oh, wow, I needed to hear that too. Um, and the other thing that I love is a lot of, I have friends who are not Christians, and they have said to me, you're my favorite Christian, and it's not because I'm amazing, um, <laughs> but because I am, I, I lead with love and with grace. And the Christians, unfortunately, that they've experienced have been judgmental and harsh and, you know, oh, well, I've done X, Y, and Z, so I can never be a Christian. And I'm like, oh, let me, let me tell you about the Bible. Let me tell you what the Bible says, um, which gets back to those stories. So really um, just staying engrossed in that helps um, to come to those people who maybe don't think that Christ is for them when Christ is for all of us. Thank you, Jessica. And so before we transition into our time of communion, friends, I would just invite us all to take some time, whether it's during this time of communion, whether it's later on this week, to just think about your own personal story and your own way that you might be able to share your faith um, with someone else again. You may not know, it probably is best not to do it in the super prescribed manner, but just as the opportunity arises, because as that analogy goes, you never know where you may be on someone's um, faith journey. I remember thinking about, um, for me, I was not really attending church uh, regularly at all, very faithfully whenever I was in college, um, and it was whenever I met Travis, he said, well, why don't we just try the United Methodist Church, which was just a friendly suggestion he made and that was really the point to where I stepped in that door I felt at home and you know I'm a pastor now the rest is history and if you want the longer version I'm happy to give it to you but again you never know um, what simple thing may be on someone's journey so um, that is my note about that so again just take that opportunity to reflect on your own story and how being a part of someone's journey you may reflect on that and may be part of that piece So friends, as we prepare to go from this place, may you be encouraged that your story is worth telling. And it is the grace of Christ, that love that we have received, that we can put out into the world. We can share our stories. We can put our faith into action as a way to share our faith with the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Go in peace, friends.